You're listening to New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. This has been a good morning. Lots of good stuff going on. Uh, cool. Everyone a little bit, like everyone, let's just take one big collective deep breath. Christmas is over. Uh, it's like everybody wants to do that. We love Christmas. Totally love it, but it's nice to get back to normalcy, isn't it? Or whatever that is. Uh, it's funny. Even during worship, you can sense out here people want to enter in, but it's like people are tired. And, you know, it's just like, let's take a big deep breath together and get it all out. Too many sweets. Yeah, too much sugar still. Uh, good stuff. Um, can you put up that slide, uh, the second one? I just wanted to share this. You know, it's, it's a funny little story, but honestly, when I th- think of like the happy gospel or what Christ did, I think of like a child. You know, the, uh, we never lose the joy and the amazement of what Christ has done. In this picture, it's my youngest, Juliana. She got a doll for Christmas, and that was literally her face. And you can go to the next one, too, Steve-o. But uh, it's funny. Good moments you capture on tape. Now, this was like her first baby doll. All the other girls have them. Um, so she, this is her first one. And uh, we asked, what's the name going to be? And her first response was, Seven. We're like, no, okay, what's the name going to be? 92. So, and then finally, and I think this one is stuck, you know, we said, I finally asked her later, so what did you name your baby? Chicken. It's like, okay, now if you ask her, it's like, his name's, her name's Chicken. It's Chicken. And we're like, no, it's not Chicken. No, it's Chicken. Like, okay. So, baby doll's name is Chicken. But, all right, you can take it down now, Steve. Thank you. So I just thought it was a funny, sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words, you know, as the old adage says. Um, But, you know, just on following up on the classes, um, it's a fun thing, I think, to have. And, you know, these Connect classes, there were some great ones last semester. Uh, Grace did one on Dreams. Ralph did one uh, for some foundational type things. And and we're going to see a lot more of that and more people doing them. Uh, but it's a great way to learn, to go deeper, to connect with people, right, on that type of level and, um, and really be challenged together. So I just encourage you, if that's you and you've been wanting it, then this is your opportunity. Um, you know, people prepare and put together some pretty good stuff. You know, Tim's, you know, is, is, it is for parenting, but Tim also really has a good message of, you know, the Father's heart. And boy, that was right on cue, Tim, as we're talking about Timmy. Talk about your little, your uh, session but, you know, for parenting, what Tim really gets is the way the father looks at us and how he doesn't control his kids. And Tim takes that approach in his class. So it's not just for parents. It's, you'll, you'll learn a lot about how God sees us through that, too. So just encourage you there. Um, so that's that. So Christmas is over. We can breathe easy. We're looking in the new year. As I was evaluating it and thinking, okay, what am I going to preach a little bit on? And I'm, I'm going to kind of go through some stuff brief this morning. But, you know, 2012 was kind of felt like a tough year in some ways. And there were all these big prophetic words going into the year. And it's like, well, man, what in the world happened? Obama got reelected. I know I shouldn't say that. You know, but all types of other things. I mean, let's be honest. There's some disappointments, you know, big disappointments. Um, you know, so, and even, you know, ending the way the year ended was, felt like in some ways a disappointment. 
Um, I'm just going to go through, it's funny when you do like a year in review, 2012 year in review, I'm going to go through like just a few bullet points. But when you hear of what really happened in the year, it's kind of neat sometimes to hear, okay, what was it all about? I don't remember January, February. I don't even remember what I did last week, hardly, let alone February. But starting off the year, Iran put under an international embargo. This was a really wild one. The luxury cruise ship ran aground in Italy. Have anyone seen that? That is, it was a 60 Minutes piece on that not long ago. An absolute, complete disaster. A ship that was like several times bigger than the Titanic is still sitting out there, you know. I mean, and they, they got every engineer in the world trying to figure out how to get this thing moved. Uh, Facebook did their IPO. You know, that we learned, a lot of lessons were learned through that of what never to do. Um, Putin was reelected. Spain accepted a hundred billion bailout deal. That's a lot of money. A gunman shot 14 at a Batman premiere in Denver. Uh, the London Olympic Games were held, and that was exciting for us. Having been in London, you got to see it all, and you know we got friends who lived over there, so that was exciting. Uh, Rover Curiosity lands on Mars. I'll touch on that more in a minute, S and successfully, I should add. It didn't just fall on Mars; it did land successfully. Uh, U.S. ambassador was killed in Libya. That was a pretty big deal. I think we're still waiting for what happened there. Uh, Obama reelected for a second term. We'll skip right over that one. <laughs> Conflict reignited between Israel and Gaza, uh, which is significant. A gunman assaults Connecticut Elementary School, 27 dead. That one, I think, was hard for anybody to really watch and understand. And yeah, I mean, you just couldn't help but get your eyes filled with tears watching the reports of that and trying to piece that one together. And then finally, the, we know the Mayans got it wrong, you know. We think we kind of knew that was going to happen, but, you know, hey, you know, still, I guess it was significant. Fiscal cliff, <laughs> what was it? Yeah, oh, yeah, they're right. Yeah, that one's, yeah, I think that cliff's coming quick. Um, so is the world getting darker? When you see all of these things, it's like sometimes you, you just can't help, but your first Facebook statuses, well, we had it coming, blah, blah, blah. You know, how many of those would we see? Or, you know, I saw some that, you know, God, you know, judgment upon U.S. through the elementary shooting. And, you know, it's like, you know, you just kind of wonder sometimes. But is the world getting darker? And one of the questions I asked was, is like the imagery of light just relegated to an annual Christmas Eve service where we do the candles? Uh, or is it really getting brighter? You know, is the future bright? How do we look at these things? And like, what does the Bible say about it? Um, you know, in light of all that, I, I want to declare, and I think Tracy did a lot of it already, so I'm not going to hit on it that much, but I'm going to declare that this is a year of advancement in every area. It's a year of growth for everyone and for all of us. It's a year of increase in every way, and it's a year of health, and it's a year of increase and in blessing in our finances. And, you know, we've got to take hold of that and proclaim that over each other and over our lives. And, uh, you know, so this morning what I kind of want to do is just give some perspective of what I would call the age of light that I believe we're in. And I've, I feel this so strongly, and, you know, we've talked about it with Tim and Carl and others, but how we view the future affects how we live now. You know, if you have a negative, fearful view of the future, you tend to live in fear now. And I even see anger kind of develop in people, you know, just this anger, you know, internal anger. If I see increasing light and evidence of the advancing of his kingdom, I tend to live more fearlessly, taking dominion over the earth like we're supposed to be doing. Um, so, 
you know, if I have even if I have a victorious view, if I see redemption in what's happening, then I'm interested in leaving a legacy rather than shrinking back and hiding or you know, holding on to what we have. Um, so it is important how we view things and how we view, I think, the times in which we live. Um, it was funny, you know, you, you do a year in review and it's so easy to find negative news. I mean, you Google something and, you know, even looking for like, what are some of the big events of 2012? They're almost all negative because people don't read it if it's positive. And who wants to turn on Fox News and read that there were no shootings? Or, I mean, people just don't think like that. You know, we are turning in to see the negative news. But uh, so you have to even look sometimes to see positive news. Um, I did searched a whole bunch of ways and finally found some significant positive events of 2012. Um, you know, I probably could be a computer expert by the time I figured out the right search on Google to bring all this up. Um, but these are just a few interesting things. And, uh, you know, nobody denies that we live, I mean, there is darkness in the world. I mean, we all can agree on the basics of that. And, you know, at times it appears it's growing darker, but I think anyone who did a review of history would see that, you know, we're, act we're actually living in pretty good times. We still have shootings, we still have, you know, but if you really looked at history, you'd see that in the times in which we live, uh, we don't have it all that horrible. You know, I know that might be controversial to say, but uh, I just thought some of these were interesting to me. Um, in May, the company SpaceX became the first private company to fly a spaceship to the International Space Station. You know, 50 years ago, nobody would even thought it was possible to get there. There are 60 years, maybe time's going by quick. Um, but now you've got private companies that are looking at expanding and doing missions and all this stuff, and it was pretty interesting. Now, we'll have to verify this with Dick O'Reilly, but I, as Dick is like our science expert, I am not. But I thought this was interesting. Uh, scientists discovered a carbon-rich exoplanet in October, which turns out to be very hot, perfect for turning carbon into diamonds. I thought this was interesting. The so-called diamond planet is 40 years from Earth and is twice the Earth's size, but because of its diamonds, the planet is more than eight times the Earth's mass. This was the best part. Forbes has already done an analysis on the net worth. <laughs> so don't worry. The planet is likely worth $26.9 nonillion, which is 26.9 followed by 30 zeros, or enough to put the fiscal cliff issue to bed for millions of years. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> so maybe that's our answer. <laughs> Uh, this one here, Higgs boson. Anybody read about this one and the God particle? Scientists have been searching for it for like 43 years, you know. The scientists at Europe's CERN announced that they'd found a particle that could be the famous Higgs boson particle or referred to as the God particle, which is believed to be responsible for all the mass in the universe. So this discovery of this particle, has, it was the most significant achievement of the year, scientists are saying, but it's the final missing ingredient in the standard model of particle physics which is used to describe every known thing in the universe. They say that they've reached a milestone in our understanding of nature. You know, and I think, honestly, you know, science is re being redeemed, and there's a great move, right, Dick, among science proving the creation and proving that there is universe, you know, intelligence, uh, a, a higher power. And all those things are going to show, I mean, and here's a book I'll read if you're interested on it, The God Experiments how science is discovering God in everything, including in us. 
So this is an awesome book. I would encourage it if anyone's interested in reading that. But all science is going to point to the creator, and faith and science are coming together. And, you know, it stopped in the Enlightenment time, or was this was big division between the two. But uh, all things are going to be summed up in Christ, and that's really cool. Um, this one was cool. Curiosity Rover. In August, NASA cashed in on one of its biggest gambles of the past decade when it successfully landed the $2.5 billion Mars Curiosity Rover on the planet after a 350 million mile journey. That blows my mind. Any engineers here, just out of curiosity? I know Ralphie was here, Dan. I mean, okay, how do you get something 350 million miles? I mean, it didn't refuel like in 100 million miles. So that whole thing just blows my mind. So in what had been dubbed the seven minutes of terror, the rover detached from its capsule and was lowered onto the surface via a hovering sky crane. And it happened 350 million miles away with no glitches. I don't know how you communicate at that level or how all that stuff works. I just know that if I was an engineer, I'd be very impressed. But since landing, the rover has begun taking high definitions of Mars's surface and has begun analyzing soil samples. It has even found evidence of an ancient stream that once ran vigorously on the planet's surface. thought that was cool. Uh, in genetics, some of the biggest achievements are happening right now. This Project ENCODE which was a 10-year study. It was groundbreaking for genetically treating diseases. And they're finding that human genetic code is more functional than first believed. And there's all types of studies that they're already working on to see if they can treat genetic diseases, which is major. And I've, having worked in that industry, in the biomedical and all that, genetics is a huge growing industry. And, you know, we hear a lot about the negative of it, and there, there are some, and we, we need to pray for that, you know, to be ironed out and for godly people to be overseeing it. But there's a lot of positive uh, that can come from this. So it's exciting. Uh, I think Chris Vallotton has a neat point in his book, Heavy Rain. He says that people's end-time paradigms kind of have caused him to create two boxes. A bad news box, it goes into the everything needs to get worse box. Good news goes into, if it looks good, then destruction must be near, you know? <laughs> And I think it's kind of true, and we kind of unintentionally have that. But sometimes we have to, uh, you know, kind of look at things and, you know, kind of shed some of our mindsets and look at what's really happening and dig a little deeper. But uh, I want to talk just a little bit about this light. Uh, you know, the new covenant age is spoken of in Christ, uh, Scripture as an increasing era of light. The period before Christ is often referred to as darkness, so we're in kind of what would be the new covenant, the age of light, and our future is the bright day. The advent of Christ coming, which is why I think I love celebrating Christmas, and I love, all, I love a lot of that stuff. You know, we hear so much about commercialization, but there's so much positive. I mean, we hear, the whole world hears about the birth of Christ all the time. I mean, that's an awesome thing. That's like the most significant event in our history and in Christianity. You know, but the advent of Christ is a remarkable shift to the age of light in the beginning of the new covenant. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. That's a great scripture. But the path of the righteous, our path is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Up until Revelations 22.5, where it says, And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have the need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. 
So the, the light is going to increase. We've got to be people of hope, proclaiming hope and proclaiming the light of the Lord. You know, regardless of what we've seen and what's happening. Jesus is referred to as the bright morning star in Revelations 22.16. And I believe the morning star is Venus. Is that right, Dick? Dick is kind of our resident expert. Okay. Oh, all right, cool. There you have it from the expert. But it's, uh, the morning star is situated in such a way as to reflect the light of the sun before the sunrise. So it's a preview of the coming day, the morning star. Jesus' advent was a beautiful preview of the coming, in, coming day that ushered in a new age, right? So that's cool. So just to sum that all up, we are living in the light of the new covenant and we carry the light of Christ. We don't live in darkness. Although there is still darkness in the world, the kingdom of God is advancing. We carry the light of his presence that is displacing the darkness. You know, we, were, we spent uh, last week at Joy Community Church uh, downtown on the corner of Bay and Goodman. And they deal with a lot of very low-income population. There's a lot of problems inherent there that we don't face here. So it'd be very easy for them to think the world would be dark because they're dealing with a lot of pain and heartache and broken lives. And, um, but the reality is what they've done is they've brought the light of the kingdom to that s section of the city. And it's changing. I mean, they've had a remarkable impact. The police chief goes over there all the time and he just can't tell them enough how, what a job they have done for cleaning up that corner. They're taking area, they're taking houses around there, they're just expanding, they've got community uh, filling, in, filling that place, like it's, they're packed. And uh, they're displacing the dark, darkness. There's still darkness there, but they're displacing it. The light has come. So it is cool. And that's, they carry it. So when we talk about like the kingdom advancing, I think sometimes it's important just to, some of this we know, but it's good to hear again. And especially I think as we're going into a new year, we gotta sometimes be reminded of this. I know I do. I had to kind of sit back and think, man, some of the events of last year were deeply disappointing, you know, in some ways, but we don't lose hope. You know, our hope's in him. And I mean, the mandate is still the same for us. We are called to subdue the earth and to, it says, occupy it until he comes. So that's, you know, it doesn't change for us. And we got to, you know, believe in that the light is increasing. And there's a lot of evidence for that too, by the way. There's lots of books on that topic. Uh, but Luke 19, 12 through 13, Jesus told them a parable. He said, Therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants, and he delivered them ten pounds, and said to them, Occupy till I come. So we, le we learn in that Jesus went away to a far country. The, he gave stewardship into the hands of us, the church, and the servants took the finances that were given to them, and they multiplied them. So we're called to occupy and advance the kingdom of God on earth. Uh, Isaiah 9, 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And uh, yeah, that is still true. Of the increase of his government and peace, there's not going to be any end to that. Matthew 13, 31 through 33, for those who's taken notes. Matthew 13, 31 through 33. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. 
which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it's grown, it is the greatest among herbs. Herbs or herbs? I always mispronounce it. Herbs. Okay. Herb is the name of somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, Joy always corrects me on that. So where are the herbs? No, they're herbs. <laughs> so, which is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and, becoming, and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches. Another parable he spoke unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until the whole, the whole was leavened. So the kingdom of God is growing and it's expanding right now. The kingdom of God will grow until Jesus fills the earth. Fulfilling Isaiah 11.9 and Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And he's going to finalize that and consummate it all. But it's happening. It's moving in that direction. So as Christians, we're really, we're in this thing for the long term. You know, uh, that's how we have to think. We're here to build the kingdom on earth. We're here to love each other, to, you know, treasure relationships with people, to you know, enjoy the gospel and spreading the good news of Christ. Um, it's like really sometimes that simple. Um, but so to building the kingdom of God until the return of Christ has been the predominant view of church history for all these years. And it still is today that we are called to occupy the earth. So all that to say... You know, I think, you know, as I'm going to this next year and we'll do all of our New Year resolutions, and I think those are good. I, I really do. We make fun of them. But I think it's good to take stock and where you've come and where you're looking to go and what the Lord is saying. And, you know, because we do change and adjust and make little adjustments and things. Um, but I said, let's be those who show the love of God to others and proclaim the hope of the gospel. You know, let's be those this year that proclaim the hope of the gospel and wherever we're planted, and in our work, and in our jobs. And let's actually influence culture rather than preach around it and condemn it, and use our words to dis declare the obvious, but let's proclaim hope into it, and inject hope and life and love wherever we are. Uh, let the love of God in us affect those around us. Um, this was an interesting year. I'll just kind of close with this thought. I changed jobs. I was at a company for 12 years, and I always kind of wondered, you know, I'm like, Lord, Lord, I don't see a lot of healings always happening here or, you know, things like that. But, uh, but I know I was being faithful. I know I was representing him. I know I was loving people. I know I was getting to know people and just love them, you know, even in my own way and in a business way if that's possible, you know. But... Um, so I left there. I was there for 12 years. And I think I have been amazed at, you know, I know that I invested there for 12 years. And I constantly get emails from friends and coworkers and directors and all types of people. I'm doing lunch with them all the time. They want to stay in touch. Uh, some of them I've kind of mentored in certain areas of life and things. And um, to me, it was like, you know, I think I want to make sure I do that in my next career, in my next place is that you have, you have uh, put that stake down for the kingdom of God. And you can experience influence there and growth, and you can be successful, which we're supposed to do, but also influencing people's lives. Don't just be zombies who go to work at the same place all the time and don't impact people's lives. You know, sometimes our focus is here. 
You know, it's like, we're going to come in. I just got to get through the 40 hours, and somehow there's some purpose in this. But I'm going to come on Sunday morning and preach, and I need to get up there and give a word, and, you know, that's where my value comes from. But most of our time isn't spent here. Most of our time is spent in the world. And by the way, Jesus did send them out into the world. So here is a great time for training, learning, and loving one another. Um, but let's not miss where the majority of our time is spent. And by the way, Jesus was very comfortable around them, and much more so than the uh, scribes and the Pharisees. And that's an understatement. So be those who impact the people around you. And you don't have to preach to them, but you can love them. They can see a difference in you. You get to know them. You go out to lunch with them. You, you know, use those opportunities the Lord gives you to speak into their lives. Um, but that's what I would challenge us with this next year. Let's be those who proclaim hope and show others a much better way, you know, and not just uh, you know, through empty words or stating the obvious. But uh, so... I think it's going to be a good year, and uh, God's kingdom is increasing. We're in the age of light. We don't live in darkness. We live in light, and we are children of the light, even though there are, is darkness around us at times. So let's stand up. Let's pray together, and Lord, we just, uh, we just thank you for who you are. I thank you even during the worship today, Lord, just proclaiming who you are. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in us. Lord, that we, would, we are called to impact those around us, to impact lives for the kingdom of God. Let us be those that we're children of light, that we bring the light of the gospel, the light of Christ wherever we go. And we hope in that, that Christ in us, the hope of glory, that he is the hope, hope of the nations. Um, so, Lord, we just say even we want to be those who see what you're doing and uh, see the, the light increasing, the kingdom advancing, and be an active part in it, loving one another and loving God. And so, God, we just bless you. We bless you today. Um, I just pray a blessing over every person here that this would be a year of advancement, a year of increase, a year of taking the kingdom, and just a year of increase in every way, a year of blessing financially for health, and uh, we are not accepting a portion other than that. Uh, that is what you died to give us. Uh, so thank you, Lord. We love you so much. And we're excited to be on this journey together of knowing you more. So I just pray a blessing on everyone as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.